Hey, you're listening to the Indie Gamer Blog Podcast with Jeff Palmer. Today, on our inaugural show, we'll be talking about the new PlayStation VR game, Arizona Sunshine. Arizona Sunshine comes to PlayStation 4 as a port from the PC VR systems. While it has taken a bit of a visual hit in the transition, this is the full game. For those not familiar with it, Arizona Sunshine is a zombie-based first-person shooter set in the Arizona desert. That means you're going to be spending a lot of time in the hot desert sun instead of too many dark caverns or caves, although you do get a few of those throughout the campaign. It's a fairly meaty game, clocking in at around five to six hours, depending on how thoroughly you play through it. And it has some uh, modes for one or two players, along with a horde mode that gives some replayability to the package. Given that Arizona Sunshine is a first-person shooter, locomotion is a big part of the equation. Thankfully, the developers included a suite of control options that let you customize how you want to play. The most traditional way is to use the DualShock 4, and you can use full traditional first-person controls for free movement, or you can use a teleport option with that. Um, And it also lets you move the DualShock 4 around in 3D space as a way to aim your gun. It's a little awkward, but it gets the job done without any additional peripherals. You can also use the two move controllers, and in some ways this is the most one-to-one comparison to the control scheme featured on the PC VR platforms, because you get to dual-wield your guns with each hand, Uh, but given that the move controllers don't have sticks, they had to come up with a different way of locomotion. Of course, if you're using the teleport option, uh, it would be very similar, but um, there's another way that lets you move by holding the move button down on one controller to walk, uh, that lets you walk forward, generally, um, and you can choose to aim your movement either with your head or with your hand. Um, I would recommend that as it lets you move your head independently of your hand for walking. Um, And with that, if you're holding your hand out in front of you, you walk forward, but if you swing it down back behind you, it will actually let you walk backward. Um, It's kind of an interesting solution to that problem. It's a little bit awkward. I don't know if I'd play the whole game through that, because the third option, and what I played the game with, is the PSVR aim controller. Uh, Again, if you're not familiar, that is a peripheral that Sony just launched a month or so ago with the game Farpoint, uh, which is another great game I'll have to talk about at some point. But that gives you all of the control inputs you would have in a DualShock 4 mapped to a light gun style peripheral um, that has a move ball at the end of it, the light up ball and the move controllers, and lets you hold a gun in 3D space. Um, Again, you can teleport or freely move with that control option as well, just like the DualShock, except you have this uh, gun-like peripheral in your hand. And the developers actually coded in all new weapons, and they call this the two-handed mode of the game. Um, In the standard game, you're playing with mainly handguns, and in this mode, you will get all sorts of different rifles and shotguns throughout the the game, um, and you're able to play through with those, and it feels more natural. In general, I think this is the best way to play the game if you have the aim controller. The only thing that's a little bit unusual and awkward with this is that there are times when you have to use your hands to open drawers or examine objects um, or manipulate other things in the environment, and that's a little bit awkward with what feels like a gun. Um, However, one uh, tip that I found very helpful is that you can just tap the button, the 
I think it's the R1 button used to open doors or drawers. Um, and instead of holding that and trying to drag this gun peripheral through the air, if you just tap it, then drawers or doors will open and close uh, automatically. It's maybe slightly less immersive than it would be with the move controllers, but if you're using the aim controller, I found that to be much easier than trying to manipulate objects. Given this game does look at times a little bit like a PlayStation 2 game, especially on the PlayStation 4, uh, the graphics just don't always hold up, I think because the environments are so large, there still is a good amount of fun and fear to be had in the game. The sense of presence is really good. You're out there in the world, zombies are coming at you, sometimes slow, sometimes fast. Uh, they can get into your face and and you really feel that tingling sense of, of fear that you've got to get them away from you, you've got to shoot them and blow out some zombie brains. Um, and that's all a lot of fun. Um, so this is a game that just would not at all uh, hold up in a traditional 2D space with these kind of graphics, or even with this kind of gameplay. Um, but in VR, with the, the sense of immersion that you get um, from feeling like you're in these environments and seeing these creatures come at you, uh, it re really does work well for the medium. Um, and similar to Farpoint, the somewhat simplified shooting mechanics um, I think do help make it a better VR game. Wouldn't necessarily make it a good 2D game, but developers are starting to realize that these are different platforms and you have to build your games a little bit differently um, for was what's fun on a 2D screen is not what's going to be fun in VR. Um, and I think in that sense the developers succeeded. Um, the story is solid. Uh, it takes you through mainly a, a lone survivor waking up in the desert and you're helping him track down some radio signals uh, to see if there are other survivors. It It is a very cliched zombie story but his uh, narration to himself, because he's really only meeting other zombie characters, so he's not having uh, conversations with other people, so he, he kind of has this inner dialogue going. Um, the voice acting is good, the writing is good. You kind of get the sense that, hey, if I was out just fighting wave after wave of zombies out in the desert, uh, this is what I might be thinking. I mean, I think that, that really works, and it keeps things moving. Uh, the story actually goes on longer, then I thought it was similar to Farpoint, we're starting to get some games that are meatier. These are five to six hour campaigns, which is what you'd get out of a Call of Duty uh, campaign. And to me that's exciting to start to see some games that don't end, you know, an hour in just when things are getting interesting and then it kind of is over because, oh, it's a tech demo, it's a VR uh, shortened experience. Now this is, a, this is definitely a full game. Price point is good. It's $39.99, although there was an introductory week sale for, I think, $35.99. Um, so you're not you're not overpaying for it. Um, and given the fact that you can play it with a second player, you can do a horde mode, there's a couple other uh, options there that add, add some replayability, I think you do have a decent package for the price. Um, especially in VR where, you know, with this first-generation technology, I think there's always that so-called VR tax on games. You're paying a little bit more uh, for the the privilege of playing a VR game here in, in 2017. Um, that's probably part of the equation, but I think it's well worth it in the case of Arizona Sunshine. I do want to talk about a few of the issues with the game. Um, I touched on this earlier, but the graphics aren't great. Um, this game looked better on PC, and I think that's because it wasn't really designed with the PlayStation VR in mind. It has very large levels, um, 
and there's a lot of geometry, and then you've got a lot of zombies moving, and I think they've had to do a lot to balance it to make sure it works on PlayStation 4. You compare that to a game like Farpoint that was designed for the platform, it looks much better, uh, but they knew they could really design it to maximize what they were getting out of that hardware because it wasn't um, needing to run on multiple systems. That's an advantage you get on an exclusive. Um, but that said, it's nice that this is the entire experience, not a dumbed-down version of the experience. Um, graphics aside, there are a few gameplay quirks. For example, there are lots of objects and items that you can pick up and look at and interact with, but they don't do anything. Um, I would have liked more puzzle-solving um, if they were going to have that mechanic in the game. It's nice that it's there, but I, I wish it just did something. I wish I had to investigate more, solve more puzzles, find more things. Um, or even figure out ways to get through scenarios that didn't involve shooting. The shooting's a lot of fun, but I think there would be some times in a zombie survival situation where you would need to sneak around um, instead of trying to just go guns blazing through. That's not the way of this game. You're, you're always shooting. Uh, the story, again, you could fault it for being cliche, but I think it's well enough executed for what it is um, that that you'll enjoy it. So all in all, a few minor qualms with the game, but I think it's overall a fun, well-paced experience. So yeah, I would recommend Arizona Sunshine. Uh, despite a few issues, I think it's overall a really fun game, and a great excuse to get that aim controller back out if you've already finished Farpoint. Well, that is going to do it for the first episode here of the Indie Gamer Blog Podcast. Uh, again, I'm Jeff Palmer. You can find me on the web at www.theindiegamerblog.com. And I look forward to hearing from you soon. Have a good one.